it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Welcome to another episode of Witness Radio, the only show that doesn't care about ratings because our sole purpose is to save souls. On purpose. Like us on Facebook and visit witnesstalkradio.org to download more episodes. If I were to ask you, what is the biggest problem facing the world today? How would you answer the question? Would you talk about ISIS or President Obama or some other worldly issue? Or would you immediately take it to the spiritual realm and talk about the sin of mankind, which is the biggest problem facing the world today? Let's listen in as Jennifer from Christian Collegiate Network asks people on the street for their answers. You're listening to Witness Radio. What do you think is the biggest problem facing the world today? Um, probably like injustice. Okay, and what? Can you name one thing that's unjust? Um, just like inequality, like between men and women and uh, the fact that uh, people are can get away with things kind of like in the middle east there's obviously a problem and like there's not much we could do about it so like uh like the muslims killing killing all the christians over there uh that seems like a bit of a generalization but yeah to that to a certain extent yeah well i mean they're killing people that don't believe in islam right so um, so you don't think there's a solution to them stopping? Uh, to the extremists, no. Because, like, you can't really change how people f- think or feel or anything. What do you think? Where do you think the idea of right and wrong comes from? Uh, morals, probably. Instilled by parents or important figures. So if, uh, so morals, we get them from important figures or from our parents. Um, what if your parents, you know, the Muslims, they get the idea that it's okay to kill Christians and, and non-Muslims from their parents. Right. So in their eyes, they're doing what's right. And where everyone that they're against is what's wrong. And like Hitler, I'm sure, thought he was doing what's right. And obviously, I mean... In a broad, in, in like the accepted sense of morality, that's not. And I obviously think that that's pretty messed up. What some people were doing, and like what Hitler did, was messed up, obviously. But like to, in their, in certain people's minds, they're doing what's right and what they think needs to be done to make the world a better place. So they're doing what's right in their own eyes. Right. Well, what about you know when like the Nazis they stand trial in the Nuremberg trials. Um, you know, they said, oh, it was, you know, legal for them to do it. But the Nuremberg trials, everyone said, oh, no, just because it's legal, that doesn't make it okay. And they said, oh, you know, we, we were taught that this was okay, but they still, you know, got justice for them. What do you think? There seems to be, like, everyone knows this certain right and wrong. Where do you think that comes from? Uh, well, certainly in the case of the Nazis, it's kind of a case of, morality was written by the victors and like history is always written by the victors so like everyone's like even though they thought they were doing what's right since they lost that 
that, and it wasn't right, obviously, because killing people is not right. But like, it, like if they would have won, then like maybe you know, uh, British and Amer- like Allied officials would have been put on trial for for resisting what was right in the in in the Nazis' eyes. What about? You know, anybody who looks back, even those who, you know, were German, you know, who, who at that time, they look back and they think, oh, these things were wrong. What if, what do you think about the idea that everybody has like a law, a sense of morals that was written on their heart, like a, a conscience that's wrong to lie and steal and murder? What do you think about that? Um, I don't really think that'd be, I mean, I feel like, hmm. It'd be interesting to see how someone like uh, the wild boy that was found in France a while ago, like how he, his code of ethics would have been like based on like a wolf or whatever they say raised him. So like, I don't know. I feel like it's largely just a part of how you were... I'm more, I guess, nurture versus nature. I'm more on that side of the debate. Well, let's see. If, if, if morals just come about by, like, how you were raised, then how can we judge anybody? You know, how can we say that what Hitler did was wrong or what somebody else did was wrong? But there is this sort of sense in your heart that those things are wrong. What do you think? Uh, it's probably, I mean, it's socially accepted that we sh- don't kill people and we have laws against it and stuff, so... That'd probably be why everyone is more or less brought up that, you know, you shouldn't kill people, shouldn't steal from other people, things like that. But that doesn't explain, that doesn't explain why Hitler was wrong then. I guess not. What if I were to tell you that you have a conscience? Would you agree everyone has a conscience? No. Like sociopaths don't, don't have a conscience. What if a sociopath used to have a conscience, but it was broken and hardened? Mm, I'd say they were just born without one, born without the capacity mentally to feel. All right. Do you know what, what Muslims do so they can get their to get the young kids to do all the things that they do? Uh, I'd imagine something terrible. Right. So right now, like uh, ISIS, what they do is they is they take the young kids and they show them raping women they cut off christians heads and they let the kids carry them around town and and they and they show them cutting off people's heads and what they do is they're breaking those children so that they're so they they're killing their consciences so think about when you were a small child and the first time you did something wrong how did you feel after you did that first thing that you did wrong do you remember uh after i got yelled at i felt bad but like i'm sure in the moment i didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. So you don't remember as a young child thinking, oh, I'm going to get caught. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that was after, like, you know, after I'd done stuff wrong and gotten yelled at and kind of been, it was kind of laid out what was okay to do and what wasn't okay to do. Now, later on in life, did you, were you able to do things that are worse than that? You know, as you, is your conscience, do you feel like your conscience got harder and now you're able to do more and more different things? Kind of, I guess. Maybe, a little bit. Alright. See, um, can I give you the, can I give you like the uh, Christian perspective on what the biggest problem is and what the biggest solution is? Sure. Alright. The biggest problem 
in a Christian worldview is that there's sin in the world, that there's bad things that have happened. And so all people know, they all people have a conscience. They all know it's wrong to lie and steal and lust and murder. The problem is, is then throughout the ages, they, your, your conscience gets harder and harder. And so you're able to do you know, more and more things that are bad. And so have you ever told a lie? Yes. Have you ever stolen anything? Yes. Have you ever hated someone? No. No. That's good. The Bible says if you hate someone, you've murdered them in your heart. And if you lust after a person, you commit adultery in your heart. So if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Probably guilty. If you're guilty, would you go to heaven or hell? Hell. The concern you end up in hell? Uh, no. Why not? Because I don't necessarily subscribe to those beliefs. Why not? I just don't. Do you think there's a God? No. Why not? Um, I have a very, a very science oriented and I am very heavy believer in proof and I've never been confronted with any sort of spiritual proof that there is one. I used to be a very firm believer in God, but, um, I've since not been... What proof could I offer you that there was a God that you'd believe? Um, nothing you could. I'd, it'd have to be what people describe as like a, you know, an immaculate sort of happenings where it was just kind of like unexplained, but it was just kind of like something that happened that was unexplainable and crazy. That was that defied all beliefs other than a higher being. All right, so you've heard like people have these uh, death near death experiences, and they they see the lights, and they feel like they're going towards God, and lots of those have happened. If that happened to you, would then you believe in God? Uh, not necessarily. So that would be like a unexplainable thing, but you may just see that as a as like a hallucination or something like that. Yeah, uh, from my understanding, when we are close to death, your brain rele- releases a lot of endorphins and serotonin to kind of like cope. So uh, maybe uh, the that's how drugs work, or that's how a lot of hallucinogens work. Is that it's a rush of uh, serotonin and things like that, which kind of create this outside of out of body experience. What if while you were during the day, in the middle of the day, you had like, you know, the bright lights and you saw lots of angels and God said, you know, I am the God of Jacob and Isaac. And would you, uh, would you say, believe then? Yeah, maybe, probably. I'd probably be a lot more inclined to for sure. Now, would you, is it, do you have any inclination that you may, you know, say, oh, maybe I was having a hallucination or maybe a trick or something like that? Um... I mean, I find myself to be of relatively stable mind and body. So if I was just like walking down the street and like Jesus just like shows up and was like, hey, I'm Jesus, like all this stuff's true, then I might be inclined to believe that I wasn't hallucinating or anything. Okay. You know, when uh, Jesus did walk the earth, um, he would have looked like a man, you know, just like any other man. You probably wouldn't have been very impressed with him, but he would have... Uh, not ever sin, which may or may not be obvious as you were just walking down the street and you walked up to said, hey, I'm Jesus. Yeah. And, and lots of people who met him uh, did not. Now, do you know why people generally don't like to follow God? Uh, I don't. 
I don't I don't know anyone other than my own. So I can't speak for other people. Now, do you you know if I you know I tell you the laws like do not lie, do not steal, do not murder, do not lust. Um, do you like those laws? Uh, a lot of them are pretty solid, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. So, what if other than you know proof? What other things would it take to to convince you? Is there anything other than that? No. Mm-mm. All right. What if I told you that without God, you don't have any way to say things are right and things are wrong? Um, I wouldn't necessarily believe you just because I don't believe in a God and I feel like I still follow like those basic principles of like not lying not stealing like or at least trying not to lie trying not to steal trying not to murder people what makes those things wrong uh the fact that you're taking i guess stealing would come from a capitalist perspective that the person has earned that through their own hard work and labor murdering is obviously you're not allowing another person to live their life and experience everything you're taking that away from them and you have no right or authority to do so uh yeah but what about you know why what stops me from saying you know what well my truth is that it it's it's good to just go around and murdering people and that's just my truth you know why are you what why are you allowed to say otherwise uh because we're all entitled to our opinion i mean there have been people who have been who've like said that god told them to kill people and stuff and the like islamists believe that their god thinks that they should kill people and they're all entitled to believe that but acting on that is wrong because you still shouldn't take a life but why shouldn't you take a life because you don't have the authority to do so who has the authority to do so uh, people in the line of duty so Muslims are in the line of duty. They're part of their military. And so shouldn't they have the right to do it? They, are they, though, a part of a, a part of an authority, a recognized authority in the Middle East? What makes it a recognized authority? It's recognized by government. So as long as they're recognized by some other government? So let's say, you know, because somebody just declared war on them. Didn't France just declare war on them? So does that make them recognized? I guess so, yeah. But I I feel like it's more of a semantics thing, really, I guess. Because, like, well, like, I think of... Like, a policeman has a code of ethics where he can't just go around and kill people because they have different beliefs than him. They, he, if his life is threatened, then in turn he can act. Or if, like, someone comes at me with a gun and I shoot them, I'm acting in self-defense. They're kind of going out... And finding people to kill and stuff. So. But here's the key is that why is that wrong? See, as a Christian worldview, I can tell you that that's wrong because it's against God's character. So God's character is such that you do not lie, you do not steal, you do not murder. And God wrote that law in everybody's hearts. And that's why when, I, when we talk about ISIS and they're doing wrong things, that's why you know those are things are wrong. When you know that it's part of the line of duty, that that's okay, it's because God says that you should obey your, the government, the, the people that he put in charge of you. And so there's a reason for these things that if 
if it's just based on, you know, oh, general consensus, then what Hitler did and other people did was was okay. See, might then makes right because they're in charge, but might doesn't make right. And you and I both know that might doesn't make right. And it's because God wrote the law in your heart. And that's proof that there is an absolute God because you know there's an absolute right and wrong. What do you think about that? Um, I mean... I, I kind of feel that might does make right. Those in charge do write the laws. And, like, you know, if uh, people back in the day wouldn't have adopted, I mean, Christianity was, you know, suppressed for a while. But And if it wouldn't have got adopted later, maybe we would have a totally different code of ethics. Maybe we would think it's okay to kill people. But, I mean... Would you really think that it's okay to kill people? I mean, I can't say because I grew up in a society that was fundamentally Christian, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I could because I could have grown up Islamic, a, a, a radical Islamist who did think it was okay to kill people. Like, it's just the luck of the draw, really. Let me ask you a question. We'll go through this for a logical way. How much, what percentage of all knowledge do you think you have? Yeah, less than 1%. And in the rest of that, could there be... Uh, information that would prove everything you know is wrong? Yes. And so if everything you know is could be wrong, do you, can you know anything? No. So if you don't know anything, does that make any sense? Um, if I don't know anything, does that make any sense? Does you do know You do know things, though, don't you? Let me give you a hint. So to know something... Let's say I say that one plus two, and one person gives me an answer of four, another person gives me an answer of five. Which person is closer to right, true? The four. Why, how do you know that? Uh, because of math. Because you know the right answer, right? I know what we believe to be the right answer, right? All right, so you know what the right answer is, and so... The only way you can know something is if either if you know the right answer. And the only way you can know the right answer is if you know everything. And so, as a Christian, I have a revelation from God who does know everything. And he has written part of that on your heart. It's wrong to lie, steal, and murder. And so, either you must know everything so that you can know things, or you can't know anything but I have a revelation from a God who knows everything. And you actually do too, that you know there's a God and you know there's right and wrong and it was written on your heart and you know that there should be justice. You have a sense of, of wanting there to be justice and that was given to you by God too because you were made in his image. When you stand before him someday, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? What are you going to say to him? I was wrong. Oh, well. I hopefully he forgives because I'm screwed. I mean, that's just what I believe. And maybe he'll be understanding and say, you know, you believe what you believe. Or maybe he'll be like, no, nope, and kick me down to hell. But, I mean, it's something I'll have to accept. Well, there is something you can do ahead of time. If you stood before that judge and the judge comes to you and says, you know what? I'm, I love you so much I'm going to pay that fine. Would that be good news? Yeah. That's what God did when he sent us on Jesus 2,000 years ago, is that God loved you so much that he died on that cross to pay your fine. He said you must repent 
turn from your sin and trust that Jesus paid that fine for you. So you have to humble yourself and say, you know what, I humble myself and realize I can't do any do it for myself, but I do want you to pay that fine so I can get to heaven. So that's him having mercy and grace, him giving you what you don't deserve. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel, not only in the way that they live their lives, but how to speak to the campus community about the gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Christian Collegiate Network, changeyourcampus.com. Have you heard about the new Living Waters promotion? They don't want a lack of finances to keep you from sharing the gospel through tracks. So they're giving away up to half a million million dollar bill tracks to Christians who care about the lost but are living from paycheck to paycheck. Now this is only for those who live in the United States and are having financial difficulties. You can make a request by simply calling Living Waters at 1-800-437-1893. Orders will be in the quantity of 600 tracks and there is absolutely no cost to you. Living Waters is also going to cover the shipping. This offer is valid through January 23rd or while supplies last. Again, that phone number is 1-800-437-1893. We live in the age of information. Every day, new devices are invented to help us communicate with each other in easier and faster ways. But in spite of all the social networking and all the electronic gadgetry, there's one non-electric method of communication that remains consistent as a highly effective way to communicate the gospel quickly and painlessly. Behold, the gospel tracks. Now, gospel tracks come in all different shapes and sizes. Some are funny, some are serious. And they range from short and sweet to much more in-depth. And every good track contains two elements, the law and the gospel. Now, the law needs to be in a track in order for the reader to understand why they need a savior, right? Because they've broken God's law. And the gospel needs to be in the track because, well, that's the whole point of a gospel track. The gospel. This is our million dollar bill track. It's deliriously popular. People love it. We have sold millions of these tracks and it's because it's so easy to give out. You can go up to a stranger and just say, hey, did you get your million? And they go, what? See, that's a million dollar bill. You'll think of me when you get the change. Or you can even go for the trillion. We want to keep up with the government. Say, say, did you get your trillion? Trying to fix the deficit. Got the gospel message on the back. Real easy to give out. You can get it at livingwaters.com. I love the million dollar bill tracks because they're so easy to give away. Just hold it out in front of someone and... When they ask, what is it? You can say, One million dollars. You're listening to Women's Radio. What do you think is the biggest problem in the world today? I think ethics and morals of people. So you think the ethics and morals of people have degraded? Yes, I do. What do you think is a solution to that problem? 
I think it starts with uh, parenting from the beginning. I think the parents have a lot to do with that. And uh, just, um, you know, I think it starts in the beginning. So if you raise your child, your children right, then when they grow up to be adults, they'll be responsible and make good decisions. All right. So how do you know what is right and what is wrong? Well, right would be doing something that would be beneficial to society or helping a neighbor or a friend out or somebody that you saw that needed help. Wrong is doing something that would affect somebody in a negative way. So how do you know that that is true? By what you're taught in the beginning, by having morals and, and being taught you know, right from wrong in the beginning. So you be second nature to you to make those decisions right away. All right, what if you are a dad during Nazi Germany and what they taught you was that you should kill Jewish people and that that was good. That that was your start and that was the morals they gave you. What do you think about that? Well, I think the light would come on eventually in life that you would know that that was not right. That, that was wrong. And people make wrong decisions. And, uh, you know, when you grow up and you can make a decision on your own that uh, you can see that, you know, People have made mistakes in the past, and uh, history will show that, that, you know, you can always correct it. What if I, what would you th think if I told you that you know that because you have a conscience, and so that you know right and wrong because God wrote the law in your heart? What would you think of that? Oh, well, I would agree with that, yeah. Do you think it's wrong to, like, lie and steal and murder? Yes, I do. And God, God created the things called these Ten Commandments. And what he did is he wrote them on your heart so you know that it's wrong to lie, steal, murder. And Jesus came along and he said that even if you lust after a person, you commit adultery in your heart. And if you hate someone, you murder them in your heart. So if you stood before God, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? I would be innocent. So you've never lied? Oh, uh, well, I can't say I've never lied because I, I've, I've stretched the truth. But I do try not to lie for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, I can't say that I've never lied. What about, have you ever stolen anything? Uh, I stole a pen when I was, like, five years old from a store. And then from then on, no, I've never stolen anything. Have you ever taken God's name in vain and said, Oh, my G-O-D-E-O-J-C? No, I, I don't do that. So, have you ever lusted after a person, you know, had, like, sexual desire for another person? Oh, yeah, I have. So, if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Uh, well, I guess I would be guilty on, on a few of them. If you're guilty, would you go to heaven or hell? Well, if I was forgiven on my sins, I would go to heaven. And how do you get forgiveness for your sins? You ask for forgiveness, you're born again, or I guess, yeah, you just ask for forgiveness. And, and then don't do what you've done wrong in the past again. All right, so if you stood before a judge and you say, Judge, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again. He'd say, you should be sorry, and you shouldn't do that again, right? But if he's a good judge, he has to punish you, right? Right. If he was a corrupt judge, he would just say, oh, you know, I'll just let you go because you're a nice guy. So you have to pay the fine. So is there someone that can pay your fine? I can pay my fine, and I can, whatever I've done wrong, I will pay for myself. The Bible says if you pay your fine yourself, you'll end up paying it in hell. You don't want to do that, do you? No, I don't. 
When God sent his son Jesus, he died on that cross, and that's him paying your personal fine. That's him running to the courtroom saying, I love you so much, I'm going to pay that fine for you. And then he says, turn from your sin and trust I paid that fine. Imagine like if your dad paid your fine when you were a kid, he'd say, don't do that anymore, right? That's right. So that's what God says. Don't do those things anymore and, and believe that Jesus paid that fine in full. That's right. And so the biggest problem in Christianity, the way the view Christianity believes is the biggest problem is that there's sin in the world and we've broken the law. And so then the, big, the, the biggest solution is that Jesus died on the cross and paid the fine. And so, uh, but when we have our morals, we get them from, from God. He wrote them on our heart, the Bible says. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> we do. Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to this episode of Witness Radio. Don't forget that we put all of our ministry events and outreaches on our website. Go to witnesstalkradio.org and see if you can join us for an upcoming event. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share your faith. May God bless you. Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.